My next guest is one of Ireland's best-known, iconic and experienced DJs. He is regarded as a pioneer when it comes to spreading music such as hip-hop, soul and Afrobeats in Ireland. And he is a regular at all the big festivals. He has DJed alongside Kanye West, Beyonce, Snoop Dogg and Jay-Z and has a long-running and award-winning radio show on Cork's Red FM. Yes, you have guessed it. It's the one and only legend. That is Stevie G. Welcome, Stevie, to Go Do You. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me this morning. Thanks for having me. I'm going to go after that intro. That was just too good. <laughs> yeah, we My just job is done now. I'm just going to record that and, uh, and, and keep that for myself forever. I love it, but it's all true. It's all true. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you first fell in love with music? Well, was it one particular song, artist mm. or genre that stands out in your mind as being a big influence to you as a youngster? Um, interesting one, actually, because I'd say it was just by accident like anything else. So I was mad into soccer, which I still am, football, as as we really call it. Yeah. And, um, and I think the music thing, it was just... If you're a kid in the 80s, like the videos were big and uh, there was a big kind of like hype around like when Michael Jackson would release a new video. So I definitely think it was that kind of era when like Thriller was out, we'll say. Uh, So that would be the thing that would kind of resonate when I'm kind of looking back. Like obviously there was probably loads of other other things. I do remember listening to radio, which is very kind of like whatever mainstream in the 80s. Um, but I did, I, I did, I, I did enjoy kind of like um, getting that kind of relationship with music. I, I don't know how to describe it, but that happened when I was about eleven or twelve, I guess. Wow! And I remember Sir Michael Jackson came to Cork around then, yeah. didn't he? He came a few years later, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So and and Prince was here as well. So it's amazing when you think back that we had Michael Jackson and Prince in, in Cork. Cork, like yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, so I, I do think the era. When when pop music, we'll say, like the pop artists were incredible, like artists. They weren't just like a good singer. Same with Prince. Mm. They could do it. Like Prince played all the instruments himself, produced everything himself, like played literally everything. He could play the drums, he could play bass. He wrote everything. He arranged everything. He produced everything. And we all know about Michael Jackson. And, and obviously that era, there was Madonna, there was loads yeah. of other people as well. So that would be it, I'd say. So you definitely had Michael Jackson posters in your room, did you? <laughs> I, I'd say that was more my little sisters. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. kind of the poster wise. I, I remember like U two and all those bands wrote at the time, but I can't remember too many posters. There were probably uh, Man United posters or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. So I really wanted you as a guest on Go Do You, Stevie, because I know you are a great believer that authenticity has a huge part to play in being successful. What advice would you give to our listeners who are feeling a little bit anxious about putting themselves out there so much and fearful maybe of the judgment of others, whether this be young artists or anyone really who's pursuing a dream? Yeah, I I guess putting yourself out there, I mean, it's like we we all are self-conscious and lots of the big artists, like I always say to the youngsters I'm working with, and there's loads of reasons why people don't do social media and don't want to put themselves out there. There's lots of people coming from different trauma and whatever as well. And we're all self-conscious no matter what we do. Um, I do think with, like I always say to the youngsters that I'm working with, that lots of my favourites, so Amy Winehouse, we'll say, or Marvin Gaye or whatever, 
lots of them are um, very self-conscious and, and to be honest it's one of the reasons why lots of them went down a kind of a path when it comes to sort of seeking solace elsewhere dr- yeah. drugs or alcohol or whatever so it's totally understandable that people don't want to put themselves out there or that people get stage frightened that people are like po- posting a song I mean I've got about a million tracks that I've produced on my laptop that I've never shared still and one of the oh. things that I've actually d- trying to do at the moment is with different artists is is trying to just let go you know um, yeah, yeah. so I do think the the old diving in kind of analogy kind of is probably accurate, and as regards to like I've never really cared what it because I remember even before social media when I was around we'll say kicking off, mm. and I was very kind of um, I knew I I would say that I learned very early that if you don't sort of push yourself that that like obviously you can get the helping hand but you're the person who has the power to do that. So I learned that from even the music that I was listening to growing up. It, even from different backgrounds, like we'll say even like punk music or rap music, lots of it came from, it wasn't being played in the radio. So there was different channels. So mm. there was different ways of getting it. So the, if the people weren't hearing it in the radio, they'd play it in different clubs, like the club scene that we came from. You weren't really hearing that music, we'll say, on the regular radio and RT or whatever at the time back in the 90s. And it's the same. And now there's certain kinds of music that loads of youngsters are into that certainly isn't going to be played. It's not going to be on mainstream Red FM 96 or 2FM or whatever. But lots of them have created their own lane through TikTok or through YouTube or whatever. I mean, YouTube is only 15 years old. I tell that to the, the kids that I work with every day. Then oh, like is that this true? is yeah, yeah it's all, well we'll say 16 17 yeah, yeah. years old but it's it's amazing that there's lanes that are made for more of a DIY kind of perspective mm-hmm. and also from a young perspective that like everything in the media is I mean it's mainly male it's mainly older mm-hmm. it's white older males now I fit into that bracket probably myself yeah. but it is a kind of um there there is other ways so if it's someone if they're doing kind of, I, I tell, as I say to youngsters, if mm. they're doing makeup tutorials or if they're doing dance stuff or they're mm. doing photography or anything, like trying to put yourself out there, I mean, it is intimidating. We all have this all the, the whole thing about the kickback, but there is ways you can control stuff now. Even on TikTok or whatever, you can turn off comments or approve them. So that you have to protect yeah. yourself as well because it is... It is the wild west. We all know social media. It's a bit. It's a bit better now, in some ways, but but it's still a bit a bit crazy. So there is ways w- that you can control it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I would try t- to tell people that you still have kind of. I I would say try to build up a community, um, or connect with a community. So, for example, I was chatting to a young photographer the other day, and she was telling me that she was doing commercial stuff, and she was saying, "Oh, I, I love doing whatever scenery or other stuff." And I said, did you ever share it? And she said, oh, no, no. The exact same thing we've just had. Yeah. And I was encouraging her. I was like, look, if you even find on Instagram, there's different communities, Visco, whatever. There's tons of different ways that you can find that support. And I've always seen that, that like, obviously we do remember the negative thing a bit mm. more than 10 people who say that's great. Mm. Um, but trying to trying to actually do it is another matter. But I would say just like, sure, what have you had to lose? You know yeah. what I mean? And with that support then becomes confidence. Yeah, big time. And the community thing is, is important, whether it's music, whether it's something like a podcast, whether it's fashion, whether it's sport, whether it's anything. Yeah. And it does build you. Um, and 
it does help you make connections with people from like even before social media I had a lot of good connections like we'll say well especially in the United States but all around the world just true true music you know and it was a lot more word of mouth back then obviously yeah I miss those times in a way um your career has been and continues to be legendary from your early days DJing in Sir Henry's to the outstanding work you do for our next generation, the youth of today. When did you become a youth worker and how did that journey all begin? Well, I was dabbling a little bit in it uh, even when I started off, when I was 20, 21 or whatever, when I started off DJing because everything I've ever learned is through older people. So I was kind of the youngest DJ around when I was sort of 17, 18, starting off, mm. all the other DJs in Sir Henry's or wherever were probably about like late 20s, 30s. And in fairness to all of them, and they're all my friends still, they all um, really were looking out for me. Um, they were no saying, worries. look, the pitfalls, this and that. And and even through the music, I learned about my music through reading backs of record covers or just there wasn't the same information out there we didn't have Wikipedia or whatever mm. so you just get whatever you can get and sometimes the limits for anything um, it's like you know like I had a few books during lockdown that I had at home that were in my attic forever and I mm. read during the lockdown because of the limit or whatever the Brilliant. libraries I don't know if the libraries were even closed at the time yeah, but yeah, whatever yeah. I mean we could have got anything online but you know sometimes the limits really kind of like in in a situation now I can DJ and you can play any track in the world but sometimes when you have the limit if, if you had like say 30 records if it was physical records uh, you might be forced to, to be more creative with that 30 rather than having whatever you have now on a digital world where mm. everything's available. So for me, it would have been it would have been a bit like that. Um, I do think the limits can kind of help you. But with you work, it just got into a stage where I always learned everything from older people or from... Mm. It's the same as people are online now. You can find pretty much anything on YouTube. If there's something wrong with my car, I'll go to YouTube first or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so for me, it's it's. I was always like, who are these people who always put everything up to help everyone else on YouTube? Yes, yeah. <laughs> but that's fine when it comes to something mechanical. But when it comes to music, it's an obvious thing about sharing. Yeah. Now, DJs can be a bit like, for want of a better word, they can be a bit precious sometimes. But okay. I was always like, even when someone comes up to you, tell them what it is. I worked in a record shop for many years. So when it came to the youth work, it's an obvious thing of especially anything you've learned. I mean, we came up on a different way, but no, it's like... Share geez, it. And it's yeah. a great way of... Because they're the people who are... Like, I knew straight away that even when I was twenty twenty one, I'd seen how the crowds who were, say, 18 in Henry's at the time, because you could probably get into the clubs a bit younger back then. Mm. I'd seen how they'd evolved over the few years. So by the time I was 25, I'd seen that there'd been people growing up with me. That some of them had been in teenage school. Some of them were... And so you're obviously, you're looking at the your next generation that are going to be, you're going to be working, um, they're going to be still coming to your club when you're DJing, if, if you plan on doing it in the long term, and you end up working with them. So loads of the people that I would have done workshops with, say in the 2000s, I've gone, like I did a record label with one of them. He produces, he he's a brilliant producer, engineer. He's produced all, a lot of the music that I released uh, he actually was the guy who engineered it. So wow. he so he was, uh, we'll say, got a lot more advanced than me. And that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. So now the generation who are growing up with tech and they're growing up um, uh, in the internet and gaming and whatever else, 
um, they're going to be the ones that you're going to be collaborating with anyway in 10 or 15 years time and you might as well give them the little bit of wisdom you have because you're going to be probably learning from them and I would always say that even in a club situation mm. you will always learn from even a request if it's a seven year old at a little party down in the tennis yeah, club yeah, yeah. if you'd be like because oh, they're asking I'm, I'm not like off air with what, what she's listening to on yeah, YouTube yeah. or whatever but you'll pick something up and you, you'll always learn no matter what it is so that's the thing you have to be open to it's a two way thing Change, you have yeah. to be open to what they are because you're, you're actually um, there to entertain them and their opinion is more important than anyone's and we're all growing I suppose and learning yeah. I love that. You you spoke briefly there about your workshops. You you run workshops mm. for, for people with unique abilities, children from marginalised backgrounds and Cork's migrant communities. It is clear that there's not enough artistic output from marginalised groups. Is the hope that your youth work and the work of your colleagues in the Cork Migrant Centre will fill these gaps in the long term? Yeah, like I don't work with the Migrant Centre anymore, but I did set up a youth group there. But I do work with lots of different groups, um, marginalised communities, as you say. And even like there's there's a lot of groups, like we'll say the Traveller community here have always had a raw deal. We all know about that. And mm. the same with one of the things I feel really strongly about that I only really noticed during the initial stages of lockdown was I do a lot of work with people with, would say, various additional leads. Mm. And I noticed that while other voices were to the fore, we'll say, in, like, even on social media, like, people have a voice about we all of our little gripes and whatever. But I did notice that lots of the people who had extra needs and maybe their carers or parents didn't have the time to be on Twitter or whatever complaining about. Now, there was a few marches in Cork, even outside here mm. down the road for people who... But I, I, I do notice that there's loads of groups of society who aren't really, um, we'll say... I don't know, just catered for... So, for example... I was doing sort of discos for with different with, with Ernest. I know he was a guest in your show. He introduced yeah. me to this guy Jerry, who had a severe brain injury. He was told he wasn't even going to be able to survive, and his dad and his parents and Jerry himself became. I don't know. He connected through music, so yeah. possibly he he wasn't really kind of like fitting into whatever regular school society. He's, he's He's got a severe uh, disability, if you want to call it that word, even though that word's probably not politically correct. Yeah. But he had that additional lead of having a brain injury. But he, mm. he was a DJ and we did some work together. We did some gigs together. And I did a lot of work with the Clonakilty Co-Action. But in the lockdown, I noticed that uh, while everything went to Zoom, it was a bit harder to do those parties on Zoom because uh, it was just of extra course, tech yeah. problems. And if you've got a kid who's got a severe additional need or whatever, it's like the last thing you want to be doing is trying to work out your Zoom camera and your yeah, audio yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Issues, like, yeah. but, but we did do it. And well done. I said uh, during the, around that time, I set up this thing called Everybody Dance, which is about inclusivity. So we all talk on the music uh industry or the music world about how oh, everything is cool music brings people together but when you delve deep into it mm. it's a lot of it is just rubbish we'll yeah. say uh, if, if you want to call it that politely and like so just as an example there's loads of um, barriers okay so accessibility and I don't uh, like this could be something simple like 
like a, a nightclub up the stairs where there isn't um, and I've worked in, in enough of them yeah. where there isn't kind of access like a friend of mine in a wheelchair they used to have to like carry him up the steps to the Savoy all those years ago Yeah I remember doing that with the, with the friend yeah. of mine Yeah, And yeah. It, like it was good, like he didn't care and the bouncers and all that everything's cool Everyone is but, very helpful but it shouldn't but have it's to still be a bit, the case yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's still a bit So and then when you delve into the, the club scene, for example, or, or even the music scene uh, a bit deeper, there's there's loads of other issues. Like there's all this stuff like um, like ab- about um, like the VIP thing, which I've never really been into. Mm. And also even simple stuff like, um, like I remember back in the day, even being refused for what you wear in a club. And in these days, it's like, like yeah, come, come on. on. And, yeah. Um, Should people just put their black socks over their white ones? <laughs> yeah, like all that kind of stuff. So I, but but on a more um, on a more pertinent case, the, we did we did some parties. We did them in Marina Market, uh, and we did we set up the whole everybody dance thing about that. So I, I do think it's important. Now I am working with the Brothers of Charity every Monday. We do uh, workshops in Douglas oh, for brilliant. different groups um, yeah. with different ne- and like music. There can be some, it's like that guy, Jerry, as I said, mm. we might even be able to talk one on one like we're talking. But when it comes to music, he's got the connection. So music is a very powerful thing. So I think it's important to 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 kind of, um, I don't know, just um, remember that and actively try and do what you can. Yeah, I think it needs more support, though, overall. Like, mm. like I'm only doing the, the glamorous enough stuff, doing a bit of music workshops or whatever. It's fine. But I do think they need like groups. And again, I'm not probably the best person to explain it all because I'm not really in that full time. Mm. But I do think people need to, um, I do think the the powers that be will say need to support just because people don't have a voice. In fact, because they don't have a voice, it might be a bit more important. And it's the same with if it's a migrant community that I'm working with, they mightn't have the voice. There's loads of other barriers when it comes to language and other things that I do think it's important to just try to, try to, I don't know, like get, like, cause we all have seen, um, like, there's stuff on the radio a hundred times a day about like people fearing, we'll say, various integration and immigration or whatever. But like, you go down to your football club or you go down to the community or where the kids are mixing, and like, kids don't grow up with any hate. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of fed into them. And like, the bottom line is like, we can all like work together and like make a difference. Exactly, and just. Yeah. Just uh, just go with the flow. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, I do think there's a lot of ulterior motives out there as well. Mm. But I think music is a great way of um, of breaking it down. And when it comes to the youth, obviously, like I said earlier, it's just it goes without saying. You've got a, you've got a kind of um, give them any bit of knowledge you have, and just kind of um, uh, just spread the word and and kind of try to make them make them more uh, knowledgeable about things, you know. I love it, Stevie. What is the biggest factor that helped you to achieve the great success in your career to date? Yeah, I don't know about success. I was going to say, do you feel successful? Uh, because you, you, you no, do- look, no doubt you are. We're here, we're here and I'm DJing at the weekend. I'm doing workshops all day today uh, and I'm here in Cork happy out so I'm uh, that's success so I'm delighted to be doing what I'm doing and working in music is it was always like like I couldn't have imagined that I'd end up working in it uh, working in radio DJing in clubs stuff like that so I suppose that is success so the biggest factor would be um 
just been uh, hungry for new sounds, I guess, and new kind of um, a little bit like what I said earlier about, yeah, just not like I'm. I'm really much. Or sorry, I really try to think of always the next thing rather than looking back. Obviously, yeah. we're doing a little bit about that now, but I, I'm very much. Um, uh, forward thinking in that regard. I don't know if it's forward thinking. Open, I suppose, and yeah. so, wanting to grow always, which is So good, luckily, yeah. that means you meet loads of different people from different cultures and different backgrounds and different whatever. And it's really cool in that regard to be able to, I don't know, share that communal thing with music, whether it's DJing or making music with them, writing music with them. Um, and we do that through other things as well. As I say, I do that in the football pitch or... Uh, training my kid in, in football but so it's it's cool in all that regard so that, that would be the biggest factor I think just being hungry for more I suppose And what are your success habits or any daily rituals you think may have helped your mindset along the way? Um, Jeez um, Do you do any yoga, meditation, no, gym? I, I, mean, I mean I'm just coming from the gym now <laughs> Well done So well, shout yeah. out to the squad hey. Gotta give them a plug They're oh, doing oh. some great stuff there <laughs> Um, and I'm playing soccer tonight. Um, but uh, I think um, I've definitely, I l- I've always, lo- that's one of the reasons I love Cork. Like we're lucky here that it's quite laid back, you know. It's mm. not a rat race. No, I will say it can be a bit of a kind of a, like I do think sometimes artists have, have to push themselves a bit more because it gets a bit like everything is a bit more laid back here. It's not like a capital city where people are kind of, Racing. Crazy on the hustle, but I mm. do think the hustle is important in other regards. Yeah. But for me, no, it's just, I've always, I mean, I love what I'm doing, so I'll get up first thing and sometimes, unfortunately, you wake up at three or four in the morning and you do think of stuff and your mind is a bit overactive. But when 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 it comes to music and creating stuff and working with people, I love it. So it's 24-7 for me and there's no real, I mean, I do keep myself in, in, in some degree of uh, order, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I've always been healthy, touch wood. So yes. We'll see. We'll see. Well done. So if we were to look back for a minute, I know you don't like looking back, but yeah. what mistakes do you think you might have made along the way? Like what mm. advice would you give to your past self? Yeah, I think actually I was asked this recently and I'll probably give the same answer, but mm. the best thing, and I, I'm a, I, I put everything through the DJ perspective. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that can ever happen is to make the mistakes on the dance floor. And we tell this to our kids playing soccer. I mean, my guy is 10 mm. and they're trying stuff and they'll try all the tricks and flicks or whatever. Mm. And there's people will show that certain people that age and tell them not to do it. But I'm like, no, do it. You're you're yeah. a kid, so try it. Try the, the nutmeg, the flick, the trick because that's how you create. That's how Lionel Messi and all these guys did it. And it's the same, it's the exact same uh, when it comes to music. So I would always say, try to clear the dance floor out. Unfortunately, I've done it a good lot. But that's the best (laughs) you'll actually learn. And sometimes if you're trying to challenge yourself in that regard, you'll you'll actually, something will happen um, by accident and you'll Mm. actually get a bit more confidence because you've, You've actually, you have to go with your heart, mm. and when when that works, when your heart works, and you've tried something be, because rather than just thinking about oh, like I have to do what what what's kind of like a more conventional here. So if you try to to just go with what's in you and 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 play that maybe as a DJ or whatever, and make that mistake, 
and it might even clear the place out but but that could like I always think I've learned more from playing to like four people are clearing out a room mm. than playing it's like if there's six or seven hundred people in front of you you can't really do wrong because there's nowhere to go the, the bar is full the smoking area is full but like the, the challenging ones and believe me I've had a lot of them where there's mm. no one there that's when you'll kind of learn so I do think just trying stuff is the best thing I mean looking back I've I've made a million mistakes and in business in other things um I I went once went against my instincts to to open to co-open a venue which I shouldn't have done mm. but even then we made loads of the we made loads of mistakes that were that helped inspire me to do other stuff so everything happens for a reason you know I love it and when it works then it's magic Yeah exactly and we're still here so that's the main thing I suppose and you recently celebrated 21 years of doing your radio show Black on Red on yeah. Red FM. Congratulations. How did that happen? Stop. <laughs> that, that, so how would you summarise that great achievement and what are some standout moments for you in your career thus far on Red FM? Yeah, that was cool because the guy who hired me passed a few years after and I always he gave me yeah. some great advice. So shout outs to Henry R.I.P., uh, he was amazing and he was from an era before mine but he I always remember him sitting down um, like it was over in the opera house and I thought I was doing a job interview and he had more or less hired me and he was more or less giving me the job but I thought it was an interview yeah yeah and and he I remember him kind of saying like look in, in 30 years or whatever in 40 years and 50 years are you going to be DJing in a club or do you want to be on the radio where you can kind of like survive a bit longer? Yeah. And I was, it always made a big impact. Now, the funny thing is, like 20 years later, I am in clubs still. Uh, no, I am doing the radio. You've got the best of both, yeah. But it has a certain... So I, he gave me great advice when it comes to even um, talk... Like, because I've no training, obviously, in anything I do, as you can probably hear. And he gave me great advice about um, even slowing down when it comes to delivering stuff because... I was so nervous at the start. Like Black on Red was fine, but I, he had me doing some more mainstream stuff for a few years okay. and it put me out of my comfort zone in a big way. And again, it went against my instincts. I'm glad I did it, even though I don't really had, I didn't really have any interest in it, but it really taught me so much about, because I just wanted to rush through. I was like, but a bit a bit a bit just to get <laughs> yeah, it over yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was like saying, no, like pretend you're like a, on a horse in the Grand National, just going to pace it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I, I learned so much. Like I interviewed so many amazing people, uh, did so many different gigs out of Red FM as well, uh, around at festivals and loads of artists that we watched come up. And some of those artists, even like GMC and all them, are doing, um, they're bringing the next generation through with what they do in, in their projects in the cabin and stuff like that. So you see different generations developing and different music styles. Obviously, it happened in an era where there was a lot of people coming from different cultures. So I definitely uh, helped... Um, kind of um, the the music in that regard kind of like blending in what's happening now with um, sort of we'll say if it's Nigerians living in Ireland or people from Latin America or wherever so it's it's interesting but it's just good to be able to to be able to do it and to just play music really 
In 21 years, my God. Yeah, that's a long it time. It happens fast, doesn't it? Especially seeing as I'm only 27. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Stevie, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but what does the future hold for Stevie G? Oh, wow. Where do you see yourself in, career-wise, I mean, in you tell me. five years' time? Um, yeah, I guess uh, during the pandemic, everything totally dried up, as we all know. And I ended up doing the the workshop thing kind of even all of the a lot of the, the work I'd been doing in that that had been building we had to stop it uh, for various reasons mm-hmm. and there was one stage where I was even going to go back to UCC again I was so oh. nothing was happening yeah um, except the radio to be honest but that was only part time mm. so luckily something just happened something happened I remember it was July about three years ago I can't even remember when the the initial year it was 2020 yeah and um a lady in Toker asked me to come out and work with one of the with one of the kids in the youth in the youth group out there and then that le- led to working with the group and then that led to another so what happened by pure accident as as it always does is I ended up working in um loads of different youth projects and it was stuff that I've been doing anyway kind of here and there but there was a bit more structure to it so I started working with Faroga and, and the ETB and doing loads of stuff and I set up my own project called The New School, which is kind of showcasing young people in music. So check it out if you're on Instagram or wherever else. Yes. Um, so I think all that youth work is definitely something I will be doing. I am starting a new club night, which is kind of aimed at everyone always tells me whether they're 25 or 35 or 40 or whatever. They always say, oh, there's nowhere for us to go. Where are you DJing? Yeah. And uh, I'm DJing in La Cabaret, which is the old Havana, so it's above Reardon's really plush club, which is just sitting idle. It's it's beautiful. It really is. Clean, I've seen videos of it. Really yeah. sweet. And I'm doing a once a month there where I'm going to be playing for five hours. So it's going wow. to be the May the 27th and the last Saturday of every month. I've got some guests as well, but I'm going to be playing like for five hours, going to be playing all the old classics, one or two new bits. And I'm going to go like, it was like what we said about about not going back, but I will be literally going through my whole DJing career. But at the same time, I want to bring, if there is someone who's 24, 25, I want to give them that same. Because all the 20, 22-year-olds, 25-year-olds that I'm working with are into the music that we were into when, when we were playing the first time. And I want to give them that experience too of like what it was like to, do you know, if you're listening to, in a nightclub, you're listening to Erica Badu or artists like that. So I'm really looking forward to that because that's the first thing, that's the main thing that I'm I'm actually, the one thing that I'm really good at is DJing. And that's so, the last Ash day of every month. Yeah. Le so Cabaret. You heard it plug. on Go Do You first, guys. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Go Do You crew. Come on in. <laughs> but it's going to be good. It's going to be a party. It's a Saturday as well. Like it's not going to be, I'm not going to be playing like a B-side of a, of a jazz record, which I might listen to at home. It's a party. It's a Saturday night. So I want people to get up and dance and to to. To, but we've got some brilliant artists that I'm working with too so I have been writing music for a good few years and producing music with some different young artists in Cork and I, it's like what we went back to earlier I should I'm even listening to myself going you have to get that stuff out there yeah. so it might be time to let go of some of that as well because we all have the exact same things that I was trying to give advice about I have to yeah, go do you a little bit yeah exactly yeah. and we probably so, all have those so things so hopefully yeah. that will like I've no interest in being an artist but hopefully that will um, like I've definitely been able to use my experience 
um, with some of the the singers, uh, many and your singers. knowledge, no doubt. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they're bringing they're bringing what I can't bring. They're bringing the the artistry to the table. So we're gonna have some uh, gonna have some fun, and hopefully that'll happen. We're gonna release some stuff hopefully um, very soon. Well, we can't wait, Stevie. You are the definition of cool with all oh, that you wow. do. Thank you for, for being a guest me. and go do you. I really appreciate it and best of luck. We'll be there in your Le Cabaret night. Thanks a million. Thank you.